Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing for NRL Tour. Three weeks to go until finals time and we are starting to see the contenders really warm to the task, bro. We are, mate. We are. So uh, we'll jump into the fast five, but uh, it was another good weekend of footy. Uh, but you can also see the, the bottom teams, they're sort of the backsides falling out of them. So uh, there's a clear line now, I think, top eight and bottom eight. Yeah. Uh, after you know the first two games of last weekend where we had the contenders, the Broncos, um, and then obviously Parramatta lose, it looks like their finals chances are now all but over so um, we'll wait and see what happens in the next three weeks but um, it'd be very surprising if, if the top eight change at all from my perspective anyway yeah I, I kind of look at the bottom of it and I see the heels probably still the only realistic chance but on four and against they have to win all their games yeah they their four and against is horrendous but you've also got to look at who the other teams have got on the run home the Warriors have got to play Penrith they've got to play the Roosters this weekend and I think they're going to play maybe Melbourne so there is a possibility there, as much as I hate to say it, of them losing three, I doubt it. But, you know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not an easy run home. The Cowboys also, I think. No, the they've got Roosters, Titans, Panthers. And who, are the, who do the Cowboys have? The Cowboys have got to play South this weekend. Yeah, they've got South. That's not an easy game. Uh, well, it's away from home. So that's the biggest thing with um, the Cowboys. Uh, last round, they've got the Manly at home. Um, so it doesn't the get moment, easier. The, the other one's not loading at the moment, so... Yeah, well, you look at that for being lodged at the bottom of the eight there. That's not an easy run. I'm pretty sure the Bulldogs have to play uh, Souths, Tigers, and I'm not sure about their last round fixture either. But yeah, they've got the Tigers this week. Yeah, they've got Souths, I'm pretty sure, one of the weeks as well. Um, and I'm trying to think about the third game. Is, but, yeah, all those teams that are kind of piled into the bottom there, even Melbourne. Melbourne have got that two-point buffer now at like the Bulldogs. They're going to play the Roosters, the Warriors, and the Panthers. So uh, I, I think the top four... You could almost say is locked up, depending on what the Roosters do. I think Penrith would be pretty hard done by to fall out of the top four now. Oh, they have to lose all three. Yeah, pretty they win much. one more. They're in top it's, four. Um, yeah, it's, it's looking pretty settled. It's mainly the bottom there, but starting things off, as you said, fast five, high, low, best, worst, and any questions? What was your highlight? Panthers win last night. It was a cracker, and I thought South was super impressive on uh, on Friday. Sorry, Thursday night um, over the Broncos. They, the try that Greg England scored when he combined with Sam Burgess that was uh, that was up there for me this season. Yeah, I think my highlight was just the teams uh, starting to come to the floor. You've seen Sydney spring to life and the, the Roosters in the second half and show a bit of that ruthlessness they had last year. South, as you said, that has kept rolling. I know Melbourne only played a probably a second-tier side a bit like the, the Roosters played with the Tigers, but they're getting the job done when it matters. And uh, Manly, not such a great performance, but they just keep on winning. And Penrith, Penrith just keep proving me wrong. I think all those kind of teams that have been sitting at the top all year uh, impressed me. Mm. Well, yeah. the Panthers, they're, it's very similar to 2003. 
everyone just kept expecting them to fall off the perch, fall off the perch, fall off the perch. They just didn't. Um, I'm not saying they're going to go on and win the comp, but yeah, there was plenty of people saying they wouldn't win another game when they lost Peter Wallace, and they've won three straight since then. So, mm. uh, you know, they've only got to win one of the next three now, and they'll be top four. So, and guaranteed two cracks at it. Um, so they'd be disappointed from that point. Uh, you know, not to not to at least make a preliminary final this season. Yeah. Well, what about your low light? Uh, ball boy gate, obviously. Uh, just the fact that we can't get the rules right. The rules are constantly changing. They're even talking about changing this rule now, like heading into the finals. I don't know how you can change rules within a competition when we're three quarters away through it. No, it's um, ridiculous. You know, the fact that the ball boy was, you know, whether he was or he wasn't blamed, the fact that that even got publicity, uh, just it's just ridiculous. That that whole situation was ridiculous. The fact that Chris Sandow tapped it on his knee, uh, there it was a thousand, thousand things that went wrong in that, you know, 30-second period in time and, uh, you know, the fallout's been going on for days, so... Uh, you know, I'd like to focus more on the fact that Parramatta still got the ball, and the set that they came up with post that tap was horrendous. So, I, as much as Parramatta fans say that they were robbed and whatever, Parramatta had the chance. They had that set of six to attack the Bulldogs. They could have, you know, even rolled it in if they'd managed to see uh, play out the set, but they didn't. Uh, I, I did think Parramatta were the better side, but in saying that, how do you argue with the Bulldogs? I mean, they they defended their backsides off, uh, and they they come up with a result. It was ugly for them, but. Um, it's a very important two points. You saw the scary thing we've said before, and that's their struggle to score points. They completed it at 90%. Well, so I've been saying that for weeks. I just don't know where their points are coming from. No, I, I really don't know where their points are coming from. So, I, I, you know, honestly, I think they're going to be cannon fodder come the finals, but uh, it looks like they'll get there. Yeah, well, I can't, I'm really hoping they don't get a top four spot, though. I know well, they might. No, they've got a hard run home, but they're still with Melbourne, probably the only two teams left with that opportunity yeah. to jag that spot. But, yeah, I, I couldn't see them getting that done, but... Mine's just the Tigers. I know everything's happened, but they're still just lifeless. They're an absolute shell of a team. Mm. Uh, the first half, I don't know whether now to put it down to the weather or you know, uh, attitude by the Roosters or if something happened at halftime. But no, well, you got to play at the full eighty. That, we that, all know that. That game just had me on a down. Like I know the Sharks has been torn apart, but I watched them at least have a crack at Melbourne for thirty minutes. In the second half, they come out and had a red hot go again. Mm. Yeah, they did get towed up, but I definitely can't say they didn't try. But uh, as far as watching the so Tigers... So you're saying the Tigers didn't try in, well, in I pass? Just, I just think, I don't know, there's just a complete lack. I know you're saying we've got injuries and we're in dire straits and this, that and on the other, but uh, the only highlight for me coming out of that game was watching Mitchell Moses play at six and that ripper pass and a couple of plays he come up with. Yeah. Uh, I think they've definitely got him and Brooks on lockdown. I know, that, like I said, there is plenty missing, but I just didn't feel any sort of intensity and intent. I know Farrow, they reckon, had the flu during the week, but when he went off in the 65th minute, he didn't look too angry to me. No, but they, I, I didn't have a problem with them bringing him off. No, but crook or not, I'd still, as a footballer, when you're getting beaten that badly, I'd expect to see someone absolutely filthy. They just kind of look like yeah, almost... Yeah, if he looks filthy, and then it probably stokes the fire more about the whole Mick Potter situation. I, I didn't have a problem with that, but I... Yeah, I... I well, I still think, ordinary. I still think they can do a lot better. I think the Sharks... Oh, obviously. The Sharks' results may not be there, but I think there's been a good example all year in a lot of games, what they're willing to do. Last week, the Fafita broken arm. A lot of guys that uh, typically wouldn't have ever got a shot at first grade having a red-hot go at the Warriors and in a lot of games this year. Yeah, and I think but, but I think they were realistically in that game. That's the only reason he stayed out there. Well, I still think that... If they were down by 40, he would have come off the field straight away. Yeah, well, that was probably good for me. Just a couple of weeks ago, as we've said, they were right there and... It's all just falling apart. What about your best? Uh, Inglis and Jamie Soward. And with a notable mention to James Roberts, I thought he was pretty impressive in the Titans game on the weekend. But 
Uh, Greg Inglis, he was he was super impressive. Uh, Jamie Soward, he carried the Panthers last night and just come up with some real critical plays that probably got him over the line, even to the point where, you know, they, they set up that fake field goal to Soward and hit Moylan, who, who slotted the winner. So uh, I thought he was... Those two in particular were the, were the best for me. Yeah, well, I had four names this week. You mentioned two of them, Greg Inglis. Uh, it's about time he came to life. I think he's had a pretty quiet year. Uh, the right time to come to life, if anything, just heading to the finals. And I said last week that I like the edges. I like the forward pack, Luke. Uh, nine getting probing and Kiri well, coming. I don't think it's any coincidence the fact that his form is correlating with uh, several halves pairing and also uh, Luke... Isaac Luke coming back into form. I still just mean the dirty work though, the little runs, chiming in, getting the yardage. I still don't think he's been. Yeah, but as I, good. He's got more incentive to do that because he knows he's going to get a carrot at the end of the day. I think you know. Whereas previously, he's probably hasn't got the quality ball that he. he well, still, you're going to pay someone a million dollars. They need to make something happen yeah, sometimes. But that's easy to say. Money, money doesn't make people play. No, but when you've got hard, a superstar, you know? you're expecting them to produce something. Yeah. They can't just sit back and let the game come to them. They've got to go grab it. But uh, he was good. Seattle, as you said, really carrying the team on his back. Uh, the other two I had was obviously the young Shiani Matiutia. Uh, great game by him. Got a hat-trick. And Jesse Bromwich. Jesse Bromwich had something like five tackle busts, three offloads, and a try by halftime and 100-plus metres. Well, name me a better prop in the game at the moment. Probably no one. I think all year I've been harping on about it, but I think him and James Graham are leaps and bounds ahead of everybody mm. as far as the prop position is concerned. But the footwork, the ball playing. He was jumping in at first receiver a couple of times. Some of the passes he throws are absolute crap. Well, he's, he's getting to the stage where he's similar to um, James Graham and the fact that he can pass pre-line, post-line. You saw the pass. I don't know who he laid it on for, but the around-the-corner yeah, pass. around-the-corner. That was too It was Glasby, yeah, and it was just unbelievable. But there was even it was some... premeditated as well. You knew he was going to do it running into the line. Yeah, but there was some before-the-line stuff that he was actually jumping in. They've been talking about limiting and Ben Roberts' uh, touches. Jesus Christ, he played more first receiver than Ben Roberts did. Well, that's and, good. Uh, I was Takes super, the pressure off the house. Super impressed. And I think the one thing he's probably got over Graham that I love so much is he's got that extra bit of mobility. He's definitely got uh, that little bit of twitch fibre, a bit of speed, but uh, he's younger. continues to impress me. So those four for me, I couldn't separate. I watched all the games over the weekend and they just stood out head and shoulders above everybody. Yeah. Couldn't let any of them go. But what about your worst? Just the bottom sides on the slide. The, yeah, you know, obviously you mentioned the Mine's Tigers, the same. Tigers, Canberra. The Sharks were pretty ordinary, and Canberra. I mean, they can't even win when they got the hoodoo in their favour. So, what yeah. hope have they got? Nothing's really going uh, decent in that side of things, and they're all. You look at them; it's, it's triple A time, drink time, all that stuff's pretty much settled right there. Mm. Uh, it's pretty sad to see, but you that's wouldn't want, you wouldn't want the bloody wooden spoon. Nah, I know you wouldn't want the wooden spoon, but we get the wooden spoon battle this weekend, I reckon. Canberra versus the Sharky, so we'll see how that goes. But any what about questions? Uh, who do you think will be the minor premier? Do you think Manly will hold on or? South can pip him. Oh, I'm kind of, again, I have to look at the draw again, finishing things off. I think Manly will probably hold on. Yeah. But yeah, South's well, South's got a, not an easy run, but... Well, they're going to play the Roosters. Yeah, they're going to play the, the Cowboys. I don't know. I didn't look at Manly. Manly's got Penrith as well, don't they? Yeah, Manly got Penrith around 25. Yeah, so there's a couple. I think they've both got kind of a similar draw. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty hard to look at that. Even Parramatta this week, I don't think it's an easy game because Parramatta are fighting for their survival. Well, Manly got Parra... And you look at it as if Parramatta didn't have motivation. I think they got robbed earlier in the year in that game against Manly. Well, they did, obviously. And they've already brought that this up. This is so. the last chance to learn for them. And being at Perth. Well, Manly have got, yeah, Manly have Parramatta, Penrith, Cowboys. Yeah. Um, South have obviously got Roosters last round. They've got, is it Tigers this week? No, they've got and Cowboys they've, this week. Sorry, Cowboys this week. And then they've got the Bulldogs. Yeah, so again, they're so, playing yeah. all teams in the top eight. I, I think I'd probably still lean towards Manly. Yeah. To get that one done. But, uh, yeah. What about any other questions you got? Uh, do you think the top eight's decided? 
Oh, I'm kind of sitting there. I think it is. I, I thought it probably was last week, but I really, really wanted the Eels to take the doggy out of it. To be honest, oh yeah, I really wanted to see them in just because I think you could they see play a better brand of footy. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think if they if they could be an upset from the bottom half of the eight, I could see it coming from them. I can't see it coming from the Bulldogs. Yeah, uh, and I look at. Obviously, the, the Dragons and the Broncos probably the only two left in contention. I don't think they can catch up. Not even with their three wins. I don't think there's enough there. So, Well, they're going to need three wins and then other stuff to go their way. I, it's a racing nine, and I just think it's highly unlikely the Eels will win three straight. But, yeah. They've got to go to Newcastle away. Then they've got to go to Canberra away. The results, mathematically, yeah. though, make it impossible for the Eels to get in on 28. Cause they I, can't get in I, on 28. I think they can. They'll, That's I, only I one reckon win. they'll beat the Knights and the Raiders. Well, you've got... Six teams already on 28. Well, I reckon they'll beat the Knights and the Raiders, which still gets them to 30. I reckon four and against will probably end up screwing them. Mm. That's the one I look at. But the Warriors, like I said, don't have an easy run. Well, the Warriors would the have Cowboys to lose don't two have an or three. Run. Cowboys and Warriors would have to lose two or three and Parramatta would jump in. Well, they've got the best draw still. If they won three. But they've really left themselves in a dire position. They really needed to win either the Dogs game or the Manly game. I just so. can't see Parra getting in with 30, just with their four and against. Yeah. Unless they absolutely tail someone up and get themselves back somewhere to even. But... When you look at the four and against, they're negative 70. Yeah, those two. And the Bulldogs are the only team they've really got a hope of competing with in terms of differential. And the Bulldogs are still 65 points ahead of them at negative five. Yeah. The others are all, you know, at least 64 points into the positive in the top eight. Well, so it's pretty simple. We just said it. It's results driven. They need one of those teams to go down. Yeah, and even Brisbane have got a positive differential. So Parramatta are in a tough spot, but, uh, you know, that their uh, destiny is still in their own hands. They win out, they'll be in. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what did you think of Hayne Hammer and the referees? Do you I think? agreed with it. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not stating anything that anyone didn't already know. And, I mean, it's just, it was Parramatta's turn this week to mm. be the team that got screwed over. Well, I had mean, a look at the top three most penalised teams, and he was aiming mainly at the top sides. Number one, I'm pretty sure, was the Titans. Melbourne was number two, and they were third. Most penalised sides? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd say the Roosters would be up there as well. They get constantly carved up. They'll but they seem to defy it. Um, you know, defy the fact that they get the, their backsides caned in the penalty count every week. But, look, I mean, there'll be another... This year, I'd, I'd like to see Tony Archer come out more and explain it and um, take some heat off the referees. At the moment, it just looks like every week they come out of their little bomb shelter and then once, you know, the, the game's finished, they get back into it and they're just so insular this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there's comments made last night by Thurston and Paul Green in relation to being able to communicate with the referees, the fact that... You know the rules now dictate that you pretty much can't approach them at any point in time to have any sort of influence or um, impact on a decision. And uh, you know Paul Green was uh, specifically peeved about the sin binning of Matt Wright, just saying that you know he sort of if he was going to sin bin him, he should have sin binned him after he held down, not the fact that then Michael Morgan then knocked the ball out and um, he sin binned after it, but. Uh, you know, you see those in weeks gone by where they, they slide through as well. I think it's just a consistency thing. And the fact that we've got so many referees on the field and you've probably got half the referees who aren't up to first grade standard. But when we want to run with this two-referee system, I guess our hands are tied. And then you look at something like Ben Teo, his chicken wing tackle. I mean, that's the reason why we've got two refs, mm-hmm. to get rid of stuff like that. So, I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You've either got to say, well... We need two refs to stamp out things like the TO tackle, or are you happy with one ref? But that to be I still something. But, but then again, I, my argument then as a coach would be: Well, what ha- what benefit do the Broncos get out of Ben Teo's infringement 
well, that's, not. That's one of the things. Apart from the, the, the video ref has to review or the match review panel has to see during a live Yeah, but it's play. after the game. Yeah, well... If there's a stoppage, I suppose. But I mean, if you get suspended... How, how long did TO get? Four weeks. If you get suspended for four weeks, surely... Is that not a send-off offence or is that not 10 in the bin? Yeah, you think that's pretty bad. I just think that Brisbane Brisbane are the ones that are left holding the bag, you know, to a degree. And the fact that they, they got absolutely no benefit out of that. Mm. When well, it was clearly, it was dirty play. Yeah. Well, the other one I've got, the 40-20 rule, I think it should be scrapped. I know it's stupid. No, uh, I wouldn't scrap it. I'd just say, look, maybe even go to a time limit. As soon as the ball goes out... But I never had a problem with the scrum. The you've, scrum got, you've got 15 seconds and then you can tap it, providing you're on the mark. Yeah, but it's still... None of it makes sense. Both refs have to be in position. Uh, I've seen... They showed it the other day. Some let them tap on the 10, some let it tap on the 20. The refs don't even know... Yeah, but I think if the ref... Well, I find it ridiculous, the fact that it's on the 20. It, every other tap That's is taken on the, on the... Well, I'd move it back into the I 10. I saw four shown the other day on the TV. Two of them were taken on the 20 and allowed. The other two were taken on the 10. So they haven't even put the mark right half the time. Yeah, look, and... I mean, unless they're going to make an actual mark on the field and say, right, like they did with the cross with the quick yeah, tap. Put the red mark or I don't know. I don't, no, well, I, I wouldn't put a mark there. I'd simply say, take it where the other bloody taps are taken. Yeah. On the hash. So, on the 10-metre tram. And I'd just say, look, you're not allowed to take it until both refs are in the position. And then there'd be no crime, Paul. Yeah, or either say that or say, well, um, until you, the you defensive well, line's set. You may as well not have a quick tap then. It's a waste of time. No, no. But what, yeah, well, yeah, but it's better than a scrum. I prefer the scrum. I reckon edit the good... Yeah, but the, the coaches don't utilise the scrum. The good, They'll just have the a hit up to the do. post and then they, they split it. Yeah, well, Melbourne and, and the Lions... Melbourne tried to score on the first tackle. I've seen South try to use it, utilise it. The Roosters do. The better teams that know yeah. how to use the scrum like them and the Warriors, they're the ones I like watching when they get a good spot in the 20. So I, I'd go... But I just don't... Yeah, I don't see the incentive then to... Well, there is, there is an incentive. You get the ball, set. They should make it... I'll tell you what, if they want to do anything to tweak that rule, that should be a seven-tackle set to kick a 40-20. You get reward of that extra tackle that you do off the tap. Uh-huh. You want to make an incentive out of it when they wind you about slowing it down. They don't get a quick tap anyway. There is no incentive. You're better off just packing the scrum. Well, some do, some don't. Trying they're, to they're, again, that key word is consistency. Well, the they fact, said four... The fact that we're getting angry. Brad Arthur said four out of 45 or something the other day where they had to be taken quick this year. Yeah, something five out of 25, ways. I think he said. Something 20%. ridiculous like that. So, yeah, they're a stupid number, but that's probably my but, but if, if they um. If they blew that try, would you have been happy with it? The Sandow try? In fast, in like real time, yeah, I can understand. But yeah, when they come back and said it was tapped on the knee, I can understand that. But again, I still, I still, they, I still think I've seen taps that, during the week that have been on the knee from the quick 20s or from other spots that weren't touched on the foot. So there again, that's The another. issue that I have is that why can the referees just say play on, right? And then Sandow goes over and scores. They go, right, time out. We're going to go to the video and have a look. They could then, but the, the rule book dictates that you're only allowed to rule on that current play, the previous play. I reckon they should scrap that, and they should say, right, we can review. You know, I don't know whether it's the the play before or two plays, um, and then they could have a look at the tap. They could have said play on, and then reviewed all of it. They would have then come back and gone, right. Well, firstly, you know, the ball, the ball boy didn't have the threw the ball in. Secondly, Tautai passed the ball in. Thirdly, he tapped it on his knee. Um, the referees weren't in position, you know, all that sort of stuff. They could so, have reviewed it all, and we would have got a happy, we would have got a happy ending. Everyone would have been happy. All this crap, though, is why you should just have a scrum because they can't get it right. The refs can't are not quick enough. The ball boys are not quick enough, and they don't even put on the mark after all. Well, I, 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 I think the, the easiest way to fix it is, you know, what if you kick a forty twenty? Go and get that ball. Go and just use the same ball. If you're good enough to go and get that ball, you'll wing a tails down there, gets the ball that was kicked, right, and then brings it, runs it in. 
I don't have a problem with it. Otherwise, you have to wait for the board board to put still, it on the line. I still think it's a mess. They'll find an excuse to stop it that they're not on side or they're not ready. It's all bull crap. I just say have a scrum. Mm. They can't keep up with it. It's a joke. They want to make the game fast. I get it. Well, see, in the finals, oh, I don't know why they're going to can it now because in the finals, you have an in-goal touch judge. Why can't, he, why can't he run out and be the guy that's on the mark? Well, they've already the other one I've heard a million times as well. Why is there not a footy or someone sitting on the twenty with a football ready to go? Yeah, but it's yeah I, I heard all that. I I don't agree with that. Well, still the poor boys because at the moment it's a joke. I mean, it looks stupid on TV. It should just be a scrum. Yeah. If they want to reward them in some way, make it a seven. Well, why can't the in goal in goal touch judge in the finals? They're going to have in goal touches. Yeah, why why that, can't they just have the in goal touchy with the footy? So why is that changing the finals again? And why does he have to throw a ball? Well, just because we don't have it, we don't have an in goal touch judge during the normal round. So why change it again though? It's the same as no, the other but in the finals at least then it cleans it up. The forty twenty to me was fine the way it was. We've tried to make everything way too fast. Yeah, but my argument now would be I, I don't want to see it change this year. I do. I think it's a hindrance. Well, I just I don't understand how you can play twenty three rounds with one rule and then change it. Well, it's happened before, and I'm, like I said, yeah, I, I it's like a it. hindrance. It doesn't work. It looks stupid every time we do it. We're blowing the whistle. No one's ever ready for it. We've yeah. tried to speed things up too much. The only thing we should have been trying to speed up is the play the ball speed and the ruck speed. Yeah, well, the one, and we forgot about that now as well. That's gone back to being sloppy. The rucks. The other uh, the other issue in all this is you know the players don't understand the rules. Yeah, the refs don't understand the rules either. Well, I understand. Because I'm saying that, them tap on the If you're a professional, they're professionally paid players. They should know the rules. Yeah, well, so should the refs. When they well, get I agree. on the 10 and the 20 in different well, I agree. spots. But I'm just saying it. that the players should also know the rules. because the same as being ready for it. It looks yeah, stupid Sandow every time. taps it on his knee. Like, if I'm brand away. new watching the game and someone's going quick tap and then I've got a bug, no, 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 wait, 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 we're not ready. He's not ready. They're offside. Well, there's no incentive. Yeah, but how many times do you see players tap the ball when there's players in front of them offside? They used to just go to a scrum. Now, the players, they, they don't even know that rule. Yeah, I know. I'm fine with that, but yeah. I, don't, I don't see it was ever I'm wrong I'm just with saying the, the, the players shouldn't be free of criticism. It's enough this. advantage getting a set of six down there, and I think anyone who's smart enough or the better teams that are use the scrum to their advantage, and if not, they reload and go for it. So that's mine. But uh, maybe maybe we go the 40-second rule then. So you kick a 40-20, you've got 40 seconds to pack the scrum, similar to what you do with a dropout. Otherwise, it's a penalty, and they can take a quick tap. To stop the team, because my concern as a coach would be that the team that's conceded the forty twenty would then just stroll down there and they can have the scrum in whatever time. Because that was the issue. Todd Greenberg said that they're wasting ninety seconds walking to the scrum. They've already said as well that was always the opposition team that was the one dawdling down there. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so if, if after forty seconds they're dawdling, because they don't have the refs are never ready when the other blokes get down there. None of it works. I just think the scrum is a smarter way. The forty second rule, if you want to change it to that, I'm fine, but. Everything else doesn't work. It's the same as a dropout, you know. Oh yeah, well, I just I just think we've got to live with it this year and then deal with it. Um, well, with next, the, the next way year. the strike rate is, I'm happy to go out the scrum straight away. I think it's been stupid all year. It's very annoying. But okay. Have you got anything else? No, that's it. The only other one I had was the Asada, but we've already touched on that before yeah, we kicked off. Who knows? Uh, I've heard people saying to me they're blowing up about the six month uh, supposed bans and this and that and all the rest, and then they was taught they were going to get one month bans. At the end of the day. It's taken two years, and my opinion on it all is if they had evidence, they would have acted earlier. And I'm just over it. So that's where I'm going to leave the Asada thing for anyone that's written on the page or given it to Twitter. Until something comes out in concrete, I uh, really don't care. But after two years, if they had evidence, they would have acted earlier. That's my opinion. Well, I don't know. The bloody people that are managing the investigation have changed over. The head of Asada has changed over. Yeah, well, part we, of even, We've got a new government in. It was the Labor government that came in and... That was part of the, 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 the lean, they reckon, to take attention away from what was going wrong at the time. So. Yeah. Uh, God knows what, but I'm sick of hearing about it. Until we get evidence and something happens, zero care factor. But that wraps up the Fast Five. We'll jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend. 
Thursday night football kicked off this weekend with the Bunnies getting a 42-16 to win over the Brisbane Broncos. And uh, this was a very impressive win in my eyes. I thought there was a few lapses still, a few opportunities, such as the veto uh, drop ball. And there was another try disallowed a little bit earlier where I thought South would fell asleep. But when they ran hot for that little 20-minute period there, they looked super dangerous. Yeah, they were. They were sensational. And Brisbane were really never in the hunt in this game. And uh, I just think... Everything, like I said the other week, the forward pack's rolling. We always knew they had the big forward pack. The edges were my big concern the last two years. I think that's been fixed up with having Orvar, Walker, Johnston. You've got Luke probing, and I think Kiri gives them what they haven't had in the halves. I think he really balances out Reynolds much better than what Sutton does. Uh, I love Sutton as a player, but when you see those two play together, it's pretty much Reynolds just passing, not digging into the line, and when Sutton gets it, it's just a two-hop and try and run over somebody. Mm. So I think they've finally got the missing piece uh, in terms of completing their setup, and if anything, this has just paved the way the TO suspension, I suppose, for be- uh, Sutton to come back and play on that left hand edge like he does anyway. Yeah. So uh, to me, it makes no difference whether 11 or 12 is on his back. He plays wide left. Uh, he may have to take a few more carries, but defensively, he's pretty much in the same spot. Okay. So I look at that and I've got no problem, but I really do think they're ticking nicely. I do see good signs, and like I said here last week, I think they've probably got m- as much motivation as anybody to finally try and win a comp. Oh, they do. This is the year for them. And you've got Sam Burgess leaving. They've fallen short the last two years. They haven't even got to the grand final. they got the kids there. they got the halves. I think everything is sitting there in place right now, waiting to be taken if uh, they can rise to the occasion once finals come. But we've said that before. It's a different battle. But as far as the Broncos are concerned, it's an uphill battle now. Hoffman, not as bad as initially thought. They reckon two to three weeks. May not play for the rest of you, may not. But why would you bother? If you were pretty much done, I'd just be taking care of him. Yep. They'd probably be looking at, but um, yeah, what, what do you have to say about them? They're done. Flattened out. Those few forwards with the same same purveyors of everything, they're trying to get things happening, Hodges trying to get things happening, but there's still a few pieces short. We're hearing plenty of talk about Darius Boyd and Dane Gagai and a few other blokes supposedly wanting to follow back up there. Milford, there's a lot of players. I'm, I'm more interested now looking at how their roster's going to pan out once Bennett takes control. Yeah, they're done. That's my biggest interest. But this week... Speaking of Wayne Bennett, they're going to be playing Newcastle, the Broncos, at home. It's going to be a tough game. I'm pretty sure Newcastle got a good record up at Suncorp Stadium. But we'll have to see how that plays out. And we've got the Rabbitohs versus the Cowboys. Rabbitohs, that Cowboys, that'll be a good one. That should be a cracker. And, uh, yeah, South looking to consolidate and keep chasing after that minor premiership, but very, very impressed so far with what I've seen. That Friday night, solo game again. We spoke about the controversial one. The Dogs, 18 over the Eels, 16. What did you think of this one? Uh, I thought the Parramatta were probably the better side, but... Canterbury, just tough. They dug in, they defended well. It was a gritty game. Uh, I think Parramatta are a little bit too side-to-side and impatient in, in parts, but uh, the Bulldogs, yeah, tough. They took their opportunities, but uh, Parramatta is probably a game that got away. But um, when you look at the... Uh, you know, when you look at the, how much possession they had, they should have won the game. Yeah, my thoughts are similar to yours. Chances galore. Tough game, uh, you know. You've had a little bit of controversy. And the blame that controversy is ridiculous. No, nah, you can't it's thirty blame seconds that. in an eighty-minute game. And I think Brad Arthur spoke beautifully, uh, put things in perspective. He didn't blame the ball boy. He said it's disgusting that uh, somebody might have talked to him. I'm not sure about the official situation. And he said he thought his team was better. But they just couldn't get across the line. So I really, really do like Brad Arthur. He's a top bloke. Yeah, he's done a really, really good job. But you got to look at it. Des has the finally got what he needed. He's been harping and harping the last few weeks, doing the smart thing saying it's not a, it's nothing more than the fact we don't respect the football 
90% the other night. We already mentioned that they struggled to score points, but 90% completion rate and tough goal line defence got the job done. So yeah. I don't think you need to say anything else about that game. No. The Dogs have got the Tigers this week. I'm guaranteeing they'll be looking for a bit of revenge and that win to get them to 30 could really pretty much sell up their spot. So this is the one out of their last couple of games they really need to win. Of course, yeah. They have to sew this one up. And the Eels have still or die pretty much here on out. They'd want to win every game. They're looking for revenge also, speaking of it. Got a controversial decision go against them against Manly earlier in the year. They get to go back to Pertex, so that's a big up. 100%. And I'm sure they'll be up for this game. And just back from the 70s, 80s, I don't really understand the rivalry. They definitely don't like each other, Manly and the Parramatta Eels. Sure don't. So uh, this should be a cracker game. But Saturday kicked off. Now at Canberra, the hoodoo has finally been broken. The St. George Illawarra Dragons 34-16 to 16 over the Raiders. And uh, their back line is outstanding. Well, like, is. When things work, their, their edges are just brilliant. I uh, thought the halves were pretty good. Dugan, uh, still want to see him play fullback. I don't like him at centre. I know he, I know he's had some good touches at centre, but even like Beal, uh, I look at it and I think McGregor at the same time has taken away from two of his biggest strengths. Like Dugan's been good while he's been on the right, but I think he's so much more damaging bringing the ball back. And then Jared Beal's been absolutely outstanding defensively and Gareth Woodop's favourite weapon, and he took him away from him in the weekend. Yeah, I know they played Canberra, but I look at a better game and I look at that combination and I kind of sit there and we talked about it earlier in the year. You can't take away from a strength to fix a weakness. Exactly. And they don't have a weakness. They've got Josh Dugan. So why is Josh Dugan not playing fullback? Well, and I think he likes the combination between Dugan and Marshall. Yeah, I know. But there's other centres at the club too, like Runciman, who's an Australian schoolboy, and Ewan Aitken played 20s Origin this year. So there's a backlog of those players as well. Yeah, I, and I you've know. potentially got one of the best fullbacks in the competition who's not playing in his correct position. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, but you don't know. What, you know, does Dugan want to play fullback, or is he happy at centre? He pretty There's much is willing that, to do whatever. But yeah. I just don't see how you could isolate him in that one side of the field. I still don't think he gets enough football. I reckon his return yardage is too good to turn down to see him on the right edge. Mm-hmm. He scored some nice tries, showed some good touches, but centre needs to be fed constantly. I think it's a bit like the English thing. He's too good to be sitting there not receiving the pill more often. That's my biggest gripe with it. And Beal as well. Beal was uh, Widop's favourite weapon, and they play predominantly left, so. I'd be leaving him there with uh, Widop. But they were very good. The wingers' tries were brilliant, trying to outdo each other. Uh, the forwards, they rolled forward. But Canberra, what do you have to say about them? It's just bad to worse. The football's horrible. They're flat. They can't get a result. And they've lost more players now. Brett White looks like he's going to miss a week or two. And Rapana has been brilliant the last few weeks. Almost busted 20 tackles and made almost 350 metres and now fractured his skull. So... Uh, one little bright spot that popped up is now out for the rest of the year. Yeah, he was he was looking good. Oh, he's looking really good. I think uh, things will shape up nice and good there. They've got another option for fullback heading forward without Milford, but they've got the battle of the spoon this week. They're going to be playing the Cronulla Sharks down here at Ramondas, and I think this is a flip the coin. But at Ramondas, I'd be leaning towards the Sharks. You have to move yeah. their attitude a little bit, and um, you know the Dragons they're going to be playing the Titans at home. I suppose they'd be holding on mathematically of their chance, but they need three wins. So that, you know, it's a bit of a they're gone, bit of a stone too far. But I still think Paul McGregor's done a good job amidst all the talk of Tim Sheens taking over in a guidance role for two years and then pass on to Trent Barrett. I still don't see why he couldn't maybe do that, but do that for Paul McGregor. Why does Trent Barrett, after one year of twenties and a couple of years doing halves coaching, get that advantage over McGregor, who's been with New South Wales for a while and done New South Wales Cup and in my eyes probably had a better apprenticeship. Yeah, so you know, I'm just looking at it from that perspective. I'm a bit dumbfounded, especially the way the players have responded. But you know, Saturday the Storm 48 to six over the Sharks. What did you think of that one? Bloodbath. 
that's what I thought of that one. Storm were clinical. Uh, the they probably half. played with their food for a little bit for in the, the second half. half. But yeah. I mean, what do you say? 30 nil half time. Uh, the Bromwich thing, we already spoke of this before. Blown away. The other one who really impressed me, and he just looks more confident, a little more free now, uh, after a little bit of experience last year, a little bit this year, then after the suspension, is Jordan McLean. He really impressed me the other night. He still struggles to play the ball because he's got to come down from the bloody Gallipoli Mountains. But, yeah, uh, yeah great player. Starting to build nicely. I'm, I'm disappointed, like I said to you, about all the little losses, all those little squad players like Glasby you see come in that we've built up nicely. Uh, I thought Junior Moore started to take a little bit of shape. They're all heading out the door. Yeah. So another one of these little rebuilds for the, the edge players. But there was some uh, there was some nice little plays they tried to create the other night. Some things they've always been working on. There was a few nice little ruck plays just building towards the finals. And you definitely felt for the second half for about 20 minutes there they almost set themselves up with the amount of errors they made, like a final situation to defend their line for a while. Yeah, absolutely. They did, mate. Um, Sharks, well, what do you say? The season's over. This is their grand final this week. Yeah, and my only thing about that, I know I had a lot of people saying, oh, how good was the defence? And the commentators were saying, they didn't have much thrown at them, to be honest. So yeah. that's the other flip exactly side of it. Right. When they're going, oh, that that's final steal. There wasn't final steal. It was Ben Iken having a bit of a Queensland hard on, I think. But, yeah, uh, yeah that, when, when there's not much being thrown at you, you can't really get too excited, but... Things are still nice, but um, I'm still worried about the edges going forward. I know there wasn't a threat the other night, but we looked at Newcastle, a team with good edges. There's going to be plenty of those in the finals. Yeah. That, that's my main gripe with them. But the Sharkies, what are you, you going to say? Gallon, 200-plus metres, the stat man, and I thought Brown and home showed some little glimpses again. But their grand final this week, as you said, he's against the Raiders at home to avoid the spoon and the storm. They're looking to embark on that top four spot. A couple of the results went their way there to keep them somewhat uh, a hope. They've got the Roosters and the Panthers the next two weeks. They've pretty much got it upon themselves now where they're going to grab a top four spot. Yeah. They're still there, but uh, it could have been a lot easier if they beat Newcastle last week. Oh, yeah. They could have really left themselves in a good spot, but have to see if... Uh, they've they would have been a chance top four. Oh, for sure. They'd be on 30 right now with those two games up their sleeve. They pretty much would have had to just win one and beat Brisbane. Yeah. And they would have been guaranteed that spot, but uh, especially... They'll have, to, they'll have to win out to be top four, you'd think. Yeah, again, I look at the... What are they on, 26? I still look at Penrith's draw and I look at the Roosters' draw. I'm not going to say they're going to lose the whole way through, but there's potential for a loss or two with the games that are coming up. So Melbourne at least need two or three and maybe results to go their way. Yeah. But well, it, Melbourne will need... They've got the effect on that, though, because two of the people sitting in that spot are in front of them to play the next two weeks. Yeah. So I think if they can get those two, they might be able to jag a top-four spot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, we move on now. The other game on Saturday night, another bloodbath, 48-4. to Two-point differential. The Roosters, 8-0 at halftime over the Tigers. You kind of looked at the harsh conditions. There was plenty of feeling. The Roosters were crook as. Jarabri Hargraves looked like he was in a very bad mood. Uh, Frank Paul Nuasala kicking Adam Blair in the chest. Things got pretty heated. But second half, I don't know what it was, but that looked a lot more like the Roosters I saw in 2013 that were just ruthless. That's as good as a performance I've seen second half from the Roosters, especially considering the conditions. Yeah. Uh, for a long time. But... Yeah, you know, they, they sort of gave you a glimpse a few weeks ago. I can't remember who they played, but they, they dusted. Oh, it was the Dragons. They gave you a glimpse that game. And then since then, they sort of, their form fell away again. But uh, they're hard to get a read on the Roosters. But, you know, look where they are on the table, considering they haven't played their best football. They're a dangerous side. Yeah. Well, Minicello really impressed me. I know he's about to finish off, but he's running game in, in the well, week. Well, maybe that, that, that often happens. It opens you up. Like, the pressure's off him now. He can now finish off. Yeah, he's definitely finishing um, a high. He's scored some pies the last few weeks, but... I thought, Tell you, what do you look like? He uh, he hadn't lost any any speed. No, nah, he's definitely not lost speed. I think the biggest thing is that back fusion or whatever he had done when he has to bend over. He gets credit to him out. for 
keeping his body at that sort of level. Oh, outstanding, but... Unbelievable. Uh, Jennings looked really, really good, taking a bit of shape. His speed. Speed on the edge. You can't beat speed on no, the edge. You can't beat speed on the kick either. Sean Kennedy Dow, he's not fast. You know, he's got that stride though once center. he gets going though. He, but Jennings is just quick. He doesn't have breakneck starting speed, but Sean well, Kennedy. That's what I mean. So Kennedy you is. throw the ball early to Jennings and you know, he, he could skip Pasha. Yeah, and I think uh yeah, Tupo's return was good. The only downside I suppose being they lost Heath Lestrange. He's going missing for six weeks. But I said to you last week I'd prefer Orbison. I like Orbison at nine. He can play anywhere that bloke. He's a gun. Yeah. He uh, served nicely in that job to finish the game off. I'd have no qualm him filling in until Jake Friend came back. Well, how long was Jake? They, they were talking that Jake Friend might have two. played on the weekend. But so. he's been smart about it. He's not going to risk a player of Jake Friend's level. That's what he said, unless he's 100%. So. Well, I'll tell you what, he might win it this weekend. Might oh, be a week we'll or two. Happens. But I wouldn't be bothering. I just have Orbison there. I trust Orbison playing most positions. But for the Tigers, we said it before, the only thing you can really look at is the Moses and Brooks combination. I saw bits and pieces around the weekend that really impressed me. Uh, a lot to look forward to. you just got to hope that Tedesco gets healthy for their mob next year and Robbie Farrer gets his situation sorted out. So they've got a very good spine there to build around those other young well, kids. have got to sort the coaching situation out. That's the... Elephant in the room. Oh, and the CEO and the board and the whole club set up. Yeah. There's still a fracture between the club. There's plenty of West's fans been calling since the announcement. Yeah, but Mick Potter's going to carry the can regardless. Yeah, but there's still been a lot outside. The West people want it to go back to be called the Magpies. I think even MG came out the other week and said the same thing. They're the ones carrying the money. So there's a fair bit of banner going on. There's a big split uh, in all sorts. The club needs to really sort their business out. It's going to go on forever. Uh, it's a bit of a Parramatta situation. They're starting only just see the flip of it in their football, and then you look at Manly, who's had problems forever. They've just kept playing their football. But, uh, well, it's Manly really... got a much more quality than the Tigers, though. Yeah, but it's just really hurting them right now. They're not they're not handling it in the same situation. You wouldn't expect the kids to, but uh, they really need to sort their business out. It doesn't get any easier, like we said. The Dogs will be seeking revenge this week against them and the Warriors and the Roosters. That'll be a cracker game. Plenty of Kiwi boys in this uh, the Rooster side, so I'm sure they'll relish going over there and playing at Mount Smart Stadium. Yeah. Well, Warriors, but we're going to get into that now, but they were ordinary on the weekend. So Yeah, well, 28-22 against Newcastle. They went down. Uh, that's three big scalps at home in the last couple of weeks. They've got the Storm, they've got the Roosters, they got the Warriors, and my only question before we get going is why now? Where was this early in the year? I know they had the McKinnon controversy and the takeover and the Darius Boy drama and they've got a couple of kids in and the pressure's off right now. You just answered the question. That's why. Still, you're a professional footballer and I've said a million times. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But that's... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mate, it's gonna, it happens. And next year we're going to be talking about a team that does exactly the same thing. It's just, you know, someone's got to finish first and someone's got to finish last. So in the circumstances that surround all of it, but... Uh, I still don't think... I think it's more the teams have gone up there and haven't played well rather than Newcastle having played great. Um, you know, you obviously got to give them credit, but... Well, know, I thought the Roosters, the Roosters went up there half-cocked uh, and lost. I thought Melbourne... Like, they, 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 yeah, they, they had a power nap and 
uh, this game, the Warriors, whenever they push the button, they were putting points on a wheel, and then they just do something stupid or make an error. So and they gave them a head start. But that's so. the exactly that's the style of footy they play. There's going to be some weeks where everything's going to stick, and then others where you know you, you get games like that. So yeah. that's that's my only concern with them being competitive come finals is the fact that the, the difference between their best and their worst performance is so far in between. You know? Yeah, well, there was an error and a lack of intent. I think the simple way to sum it up, but I say it every single week. I'm so impressed by Newcastle's edges. I love their edges. Joseph yeah. Leilua had a field day. Sonny Matayutia and his brother Chanel, plus Pat, he's not playing at the moment. They've come out today saying they're looking to lock up all three for the next couple of years to keep so them together. Should. And uh, if Dane Gagai is going to be heading out the door, Sione is actually genuinely a centre, so you'd have a replacement there instantly. Dane Gagai was always going back to the Broncos. Yeah, well, a year or two out, Hoffman's his cousin. I think even if Hoffman left, that would make a difference. He wants to get back there. No, he'll be back there, so, for sure. Yeah, but Sione would be a good replacement. Chanel looks good on that wing. If uh, something was to happen, I'm not going to make any inquisition, but if the Aquilia Wate form kept up the same way with the mega bucks they paid him not to go and play Jack Rugby. He should have been dropped at some stage this year. He could be heading out the door, to be honest. If I, if I was Newcastle, I'd be having a serious sit-down and look at the wages they gave him not to go take the mega bucks from Jack Rugby because he's been awful since he got paid. Mm. And uh, they've really got him tied up in that regard there, but they've got the dogs this week. Um, you know, Not much to think about this one. I think they can still be a giant killer for the last few weeks. They've, they've caused a bit of problems. Of course they can. And the Warriors and who's the, got the Who's got the dogs this week? Newcastle. Really? Yeah. The dogs got Tigers this week, don't they? Oh, sorry, I messed that one up. So what have I written there? Oh, I wrote the wrong one. Sorry. So who's Newcastle playing this week? Oh, let me check. My I've done absolutely outstanding. I was going to say. they got the Broncos. Sorry, I've written that before. Yeah. yeah. So they're away to the Broncos. I think I said it before. They've got a pretty good record up at Suncorp, I'm pretty sure. So shouldn't be too bad a game. Yeah. No, I will be. They could really put the nail in the coffin. Mathematically, you'd say the Broncos are gone anyway, but uh, if they play the way they've been playing, they've been pretty decent. So, And the Roosters uh, and versus the Warriors, we said that before, plenty of Kiwi boys. I'm sure the Roosters will be relishing that challenge, but the Warriors now pretty much put the blowtorch to themselves. They need to get results regardless of for and against to make sure Parramatta can't jag that spot. Exactly right. So pressure still on them to keep winning. Manly on Sunday against the Titans, 15-12. to 12. I thought the Gold Coast had a red-hot go. Things got simplified. They got Roberts a little bit more ball. Uh, they played well, considering Dave Taylor was out, and I like the direction they got from their halves. And they pushed the the Manly Seagulls right to the 80th minute. But the halves, realistically, at the end of the day, as it always seems to be the case of Manly, were the difference. Yeah. Cherry Evans and Forum. It was a bit of an ugly game. I thought Manly were probably only in second gear for most of it. Uh, they showed little flashes of brilliance, but uh, for the most part, yeah, as you said, the Titans tried hard, but. Uh, you know, when you don't get rewarded for it, it's hard to back up with that effort. But uh, I still I'll be interested brain. to see how they go just over the next three weeks with Neil Henry having some sort of effect on them. Yeah, well, I saw some small things in the weekend, different points of attack, a little bit more simple, and just like I said, then getting someone like James Roberts' quality early ball. Uh, I'd like to see Dave Taylor back in there, but I think he's done for the year with a fractured neck, and obviously having Caesar back helps out. And Neil Henry was on Triple M Sunday in RL and hit the nail on the head, like I've said all year, uh, when a lot of people have been ripping on him. You can't not. You can't expect a team to be well-directed, well-versed, and especially sort out their attack when you've had so many halves pairings. And you mentioned Albert Kelly and Caesar straight away, saying, look at the look at the run we had when we had those two on the field. Yeah. Along with the origin forwards, not exactly an outstanding back line, but those two make a world of difference. They're the perfect halves pairing together. Of course. They're chalk and cheese. They do the exact roles you want out of your six and your seven. So I think Mortimer's done a pretty good job, and you mentioned that the other day, meshing with uh, Caesar, but I still think Kelly is probably more important to be there with Caesar to kind of complement each other and, and guide that side around the park. 
but uh, they're going to verse the Dragons this week away. The Eels, as we said, grudge matching against Manly, looking for a bit of revenge from earlier in the year. But the round wrapped up. Wet, soggy, cold Penrith, 23-22 to 22 over the Cowboys. And uh, this was a bit of a shootout. It was great. Loved it. I sat there in the rain last night and watched it. And uh, it was windy. I'll give you a tip. It was windy. Yeah, uh, I was but watching the kickoffs on TV. As I, I chose not to go down in the horrific conditions. But uh, those kickoffs were fun to watch. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, live, mate. They were they were swirling around. Matty Moylan did a stellar job at the back there, uh, having not spilt one of them. But... Uh, the Cowboys, they, I think they just struggled to adapt to the conditions, and Penrith played the, to the conditions better, and I think that was simply how the game was won and lost. They, Penrith were more patient, they were more composed. I think errors uh, decided the end of the well, day. Mate, Penrith made as many errors as anyone yeah, that's in the first what I mean. segment I think of the first half. The errors, uh, second half. They made their errors pay when they scored those two early second half tries, the Cowboys. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, Mansell, that's every game, obviously, Mansell was guilty a few times, but Winnerstein gave just as many back and I think at the end of the day we've said it before Jamie Seward had an absolute barnstormer I, I rag on him all the time for not going into contact he must be really happy because last night he got smashed a few times who's this? Jamie Seward he's been doing yeah, it he actually ran at the line oh, I don't, he hasn't he run has like been, that he's been, he's been running when there's open space but last night he took a couple of just straight up hit ups and got whacked so I was very happy to see that he's proved everybody wrong I'm happy to say I'm one of the people he's proved wrong uh, I'll be interested to see how they go forward the Seguiaro thing that come out today Said hopefully it should only be one week. Well, so for their sake, uh, that that'd be a very good result. It would be. But they've got things pretty much stitched up now. So if it was a two to three week kind of synesmosis thing, I wouldn't be too worried. I'd be pretty happy just to have everything kind of sealed up. No, you're going to be in the finals. Well, lesson learned for the Cowboys, but uh, I'll be very interested to see how they back up this week. It's an ANZ stadium. It'll be very similar conditions on Saturday night. Yeah, against the uh, because you know we've we've had rain obviously the last three days. So uh, what what have they learnt? out of that game it'll be interesting yeah well the Moylan field goal again we've seen that twice this year the dummy pass hitting south and flicking it back there to buy that extra moment of time he's iced both of them I uh, heard a little bit during the week that apparently Cleary gave him a bit of stick for missing the one from in front last week and he's been potting him at training and letting him know how easy it is he obviously paid that favour back this week yeah by hitting that one but um, yeah Cowboys we said before a bit like the Warriors any chance of kind of pursuing uh, a top four spot pretty much went out the window when they lost that on the weekend they've got themselves caught now the last few weeks, better for and against, but still having to win games to make sure Parramatta or anyone can't try and slide their way into the bottom of the eight. Mm-hmm. Realistically now, their goal should be to get a home final. Exactly. That's that's the number one. Them and the Warriors should be looking to definitely tie up either fifth or sixth, but Melbourne and the Bulldogs in front. I don't know if Melbourne will relinquish uh, that fifth or sixth spot. I think Bulldogs will. I think Bulldogs, Bulldogs will be bottom of the eight. Bulldogs is the one I look at and think they might give it up. I can't see Melbourne giving up uh, a home final, if not making their way into the top four. Yeah. But the Cowboys, you said it, they're going to play South this week. They're still in Sydney. Uh, they definitely they won't be going home, will they? Surely not. They'll be doing no, they're not. They're camping down here. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. And Penrith, uh, they get the good turnaround at least. It's a full week. Monday to Monday. Monday, to Monday they're going to play Melbourne at night time. Uh, not a, not, it should be a good game, to be honest. We're in the box. It'll be good. Yep. Won those at the auction when I was half cut at the Brothers Luncheon. So, good times. Yep. Three beers and we're both going to go watch our teams. I'm hoping, obviously, that Melbourne win and keep pushing for the top four. But... Uh, should be a cracker game. But that wraps us up for the reviews of the games for the weekend. We'll jump in now, play our Lions game, and get all the Lions and odds for the games of the weekend thanks to sportingbet.com. Our Lions game, the odds, and all the lines brought to you by sportingbet.com. There is no better bet than a sporting bet. If you're looking to have a bet, 
on the NRL or any sport. But we kick things off uh, Thursday night. We've got the Bulldogs versus the Tigers. Brock's gone minus 14.5. I've gone minus 12.5. The actual line is minus 15.5 at $1.90. Yeah, the Canterbury Bulldogs, $1.16. West Tigers, five twenty-five. Pretty much right, your own odds. Yeah, I don't know. We, we've just spoke about the start there. I kind of think the Bulldogs will get a win... The I don't think they'll win by that many. The start's pretty hard to cover, but I, the way the Tigers have been playing, I'd have to back anyone to at least win by 20 points. I couldn't mm. say the Dogs score any more than that, but... That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like the Tigers jag a trial or two, and they'll cover that They've long. been an absolute shell of a team the last few weeks, but the second game, Friday night, we got Parra versus Manly out there at Pertech Stadium. You went Manly minus 8.5. I went Manly minus 6.5. It is minus 4.5. Bit short for me, but Parramatta, 242. Manly, $1.57 favourites. Yeah, not bad odds. I think it's more the per tech and what happened earlier in the year and the fact the finals on the line. So the bookie's been a little bit cautious uh, in regards to that one. We've got the Broncos versus the Knights up there at Suncorp Stadium. You've gone minus 5.5 to the Broncos. I went minus 4.5, minus 8.5. So you're the closest there. Uh, Broncos, $1.34. Newcastle, $3.30. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, Souths, they're versus the Cowboys down here, as we said. Short turnaround. For the Cowboys, tough conditions and away from home again. You've gone south minus five and a half. I'm at south minus six and a half. It is minus eight. I can't believe how long that line is. Mm. I, I think I can't believe they've that just line. been pure and brutal the last few weeks. I think the short turnaround might have played a bit of a favour. Wet conditions and the fact they're in Sydney for two yeah, weeks. I'll be having a crack at that line. So, uh, yeah. South Sydney dollar thirty eight. North Queensland three dollars ten. Yeah, I don't know about it. If I'd go the three dollars ten or not, but I think the line, like you said, or a twelve and a half start might be my kind of go on the Cowboys, but the Warriors over there, Mount Smart Stadium versus the Roosters. You went Roosters minus one and a half. I went up, picked them to go evens. They've given it one and a half to the Roosters. Yeah, Roosters eighty, New Zealand $2. Mm, I think that'll be a really good game. I love when all the Cowboy boys come together and have to play each other. And like we said, it's probably not as intimidating for the Roosters, seeing as they've got a lot of Kiwis who probably enjoy going home and playing in front of friends and family. Mm. Uh, the Sharks and the Raiders, the Battle of the Spoon, out there at Ramonda Stadium. You went the Sharkies minus one and a half. I went minus three and a half. It's minus four. Cronulla dollar sixty. Canberra two thirty-five. Mm. I have to go the Sharks. I think this week. Yeah, I think oh, I I'm going to have to wait. Obviously, until I labelled Canberra. I don't know how long ago. It was about ten weeks ago. We, we, when they beat the Gold Coast, them. I said they're the worst team in the comp. Well, we both picked them for the spoon, so it's not like they haven't been labelled mm. since day dot. We gave them the harshest. You, you mark. love Canberra. I like, I've got a few friends down there, yeah. but I've never been shy in saying that they're the worst team to call. I yeah, picked them for the spoon. So nothing going on there, but the Dragons versus the Titans. Dragons minus six and a half is what you, uh, six you went. I went minus six and a half. It is minus six and a half. Dragons, dollar forty-five. Gold Coast, two eighty. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind the Titans in that one. Well, they're usually fairly tough, but didn't you say to me a couple of years ago, you watched them play the Dragons a few times, they always seem to lose that game? The Titans? Yeah. No, we always seem to beat them in Sydney. I don't know why. We... We beat them the year they won the comp at Oakie Jubilee. We beat them either last year or the year before uh, at Oakie Jubilee. So I don't, I don't mind us. Mm, not too bad. And Monday night wraps up a game we're going to be definitely going to. Box seats up there at Sporting Bet Stadium. The Panthers versus the Storm. You went the Storm minus one and a half. I was a little more confident. I went Storm minus four and a half. The bookies went minus five and a half. Mm. I don't quite agree at five and a half, maybe four or three and a half, but yeah. Well, Melbourne Storm dollar fifty two, Penrith Panthers two fifty five. Um, how much of that's to do with James Seguiaro being out? Yeah, well, we're not one hundred percent sure. I reckon a week, but I wouldn't be surprised if they jagged the needle or did something. But I uh, have to wait and see how that one plays out. But that's three lines to you, five to me. 
So I chalked that one up. That brings the total 12, 11 my way with two weeks after this one, is it? Yeah, we'll go into the finals. We'll pick the finals. Oh, we'll go to the finals, yeah. yeah. So it's been going on nicely, yeah. going back and forth. Nice and close. As we said before, if you're going to have a bet, make sure you have a sporting bet because there is no better bet than a sporting bet. The Premier League's just kicked off. Get into that one. I've got some good odds over the weekend, especially uh, good old Chelsea to get a victory. Minus one, $2.10, juicy odds. And uh, plenty of other good sports going on. You've obviously got the rugby league heading into finals time. Some future bets wrapping up nicely. There's some value still available for top point scorer and uh, also the try scorer futures if you're willing to have a crack there on someone like Jared Hayne or Semi Rad Raja around the $3 mark. But sportingbet.com, there is no better bet than a sporting bet. It's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And as has been the case before, I'm riding solo and Mr. Gossip joins me. No, look at us, mate. We're Freddie and Joey. Yeah, we're here. We're both space cadets. We both like twisties, oat milk, and we don't mind a beer. (laughs) All together. Mate, all of it. Mix it in, put it in a blender. Get it going. (laughs) <laughs> Mate, how are those Penny Panthers going? Well, Brock's not here, so you guys can't have a five-minute love affair about it, but they're going pretty bloody good, I must admit. But I'm going to throw it out there straight away. They're playing Melbourne on Monday, and I'm already death-wishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it, okay, the defence of the Panthers, I keep saying it every week, it depends on injuries and whether Seguiara plays, but it doesn't really seem to matter who's in or who's, who's out for the Panthers. They, they still lay them up and still turn up, so... No, well, on a, on a you know, biased kind of note, comparing it, but it's almost like a Melbourne system right now. Whoever comes in uh, knows their job, knows they're a first grader, they're not on the outside, they're all in it together, and it doesn't matter who comes in, the troops just get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, pleasing signs, mate. Oh, mate, it'd be absolutely stoked if I was you, Brock, or any Panther fan out there. I think there's uh, definitely a lot of success on the horizon, and from the 20s, staying in the 8, even though they've had a bit of a hard year and a lot of turnover. New South Wales Cup already win the minor premiership and now first grade probably booking a top four spot. All signs are positive for the pennies. Yeah, in in much better shape than we were, say, three or four years ago, that's for sure. 110%, mate. But uh, what's in the pipeline? All right, mate. We'll start my first with big Willie Mason. Uh, as we know, he's on contract with the Knights. Uh, Bennett's told him he's not coming to Brisbane with him. Uh, look, it's surprising. Mason could get a deal, a one-year deal with um, quite a few clubs, but Mason wants a three-year deal. Um, a lot of NRL clubs turning their nose up at that. So Willie might have to just do the one-year deal. There is rumours going around that the Dragons are keen. Um, I did some uh, ringing around today, and apparently that's not true. The Dragons are saying that they haven't even spoken to Willie and they're not interested at all. But look, I'm, I'm sure um, Willie will get a gig, but I don't think he's going to get the three years he's asking. No, well, I think uh, anyone would be crazy. He's a one-year-to-year prospect. I know he hasn't had uh, probably any great injuries along the way, but even this year he's had a few small little niggles. He's not quite what he used to be, and there's a bit of maintenance when you start getting into that older age bracket, so uh, year-by-year contracts for sure. Definitely a handy pick-up, but no more than a year. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a, a big fan of Willie. He puts bums on seats and, um, you know, brings sort of the boys together. I think he'd, he'd probably go well at a club like Canberra where um, there, there doesn't seem to be any synergy or any sort of anything going on there. I think he'd be good for them, but I guess, I guess we just have to wait and see. 
No, I 100% agree. Or if, like, I know the Dragons batted it off today, but uh, a character like him in with DeBellin and a few of those younger blokes, same deal again, probably not too bad of an idea, if they could. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it fit in well there. Yeah, 100%. All right, from one big bopper to another, big Sam McKendry. Uh, you've probably heard the news already. Big contract for Sam. There was a couple of rumours early in the year that the Panthers were going to um, sort of sell him to other clubs, but obviously that's not the case. And he signed a long, a long deal with the club, uh, signed until 2019. So, look, good for Sam, good for the Panthers. He's playing well this year, but um, the Panthers obviously have got rid of Tim Grant, so they're going to need another prop soon. And um, the Royal Hargraves rumours were around for a little while, but um, to be honest, I can't see that happening. But they're really going to go into the market for a prop. Yeah, well, I, I think in this case, was he was he off contract next year or yes, like Tim correct. Grant? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's virtually got four years extended on top of uh, that. Well, I think there's one thing we know 100. percent It wouldn't have been mega bucks. It would have been good coin, uh, spread out nice and even. They're smart enough to know that. He, you know, he hasn't had a lot of wear and tear. I know he's had the the neck injury last year, but he's only 26. So he's heading into prime time as far as props are concerned. Test experience, and um, yeah, I suppose the money they've freed up from Grant and his contract will obviously be going down in value. They'll be able to go out in the market for somebody like a Maguire. Um, you know, there's a couple other blokes, I suppose, out that they could be sounding out, but they're definitely going to need one 100 with uh, Brett Kite getting older and Nigel Plum's definitely held together by strap and tape, so they're going to need somebody soon. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I've spoken to you off air. I'd, I'd give him a left testicle to have Horny from the Raiders over at the Panthers, but, um, yeah, he'd be my first pick anyway. Yeah, well, I've always uh, said a hundred times I'd love to see anyone, an old teammate. I've got one up here now, Jared Kennedy's brother Mitch, living up this way. I'm happy for any of them to come to the Rift. Always good to have some mates, and he's playing some good footy, but uh, him on McGuire would be two. I'd be sounding it, that's for sure. I know McGuire's uh, asking price I heard of was pretty much ridiculous, but that's more my prototypical front rower, a 60-minute uh, kind of player who just churns out the metres, gets to their work, and is, uh, you know, you know they're very reliable every single week. Yep, no, fair enough. All right, mate, a lot of gossip coming from the Titans at the moment. Obviously, we know that Cartwright's moved on. Neil Henry had his first taste of coaching on the weekend and did, did or not his first taste, but his first taste of coaching with the Titans. Uh, didn't do a, a, a bad job, but it looks as though um, he's very, very keen to have Darius Boyd on the books. And I know for a fact that Aiden Caesar has asked for a release on the final year of his contract. So... Um, I'm not too sure whether Neil Henry would like the idea of having Boyd at six, getting rid of Caesar. And another reason is rate Caesar very, very highly. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see... Um, I see the go to a club like the Roosters, even though they've got Maloney and, and whatnot there. But, um, yeah, I could see Darius Boyd in the Titans jersey, let's put it that way. Yeah, well, that makes sense. He's from the Gold Coast, uh, you know, back up that way. I think his nan still lives around that neck of the woods. He's obviously seems to have addressed his problems or be on the way uh, to addressing his problems. So you might see him separate from Bennett and feel that that's probably a good option for him to continue to grow as a person. But as far as the the Aiden Caesar situation goes, I'm just a bit... I I can understand him wanting to come back from Sydney. He left because the Bulldogs kind of messed around there, didn't give him uh, the opportunity that he saw fit, which I agree. I played him in the 20s. He was easily one of the best halves in the comp and... The Titans have given that, but we've seen the quality of the bloke. But I, I don't understand the Roosters. That that one doesn't make sense to me. Maloney yeah. is 28, I think, so he's not going to usurp him anytime soon. They've got Pierce is only a baby, 
and they got Jackson Hastings, the young prodigy son of Kevin Hastings there. So uh, him, Langy, there's four or five halves already built up along with the backup enduro. Oh, I can't see how that works. I know they got money bags, but he'd be better off going to a club, uh, you know, where at least he's going to get to play. Yeah, I'm sure he would want to go play for Newtown or whoever their feeder club's going to be next year. I think it's the Wild Roos or where it's going to be for the Roosters. But it's a strange one. Um, but then having said that, look at Brisbane. They've got about a 1,000 fullbacks. So a couple of strange things going on at clubs at the moment with sort of backloading fullbacks and halves and key positions. So. Yeah, well, yeah, I can understand the, the appeal of the Roosters, but just not in the current climate, the situation that's there. I I could understand another Sydney club, maybe if uh, Parramatta weren't interested in keeping Sam now next year, if uh, his pay packet was too much. But again, I don't, I don't think Caesar's going to become much cheaper, the way the, the prices have gone up and the market's working. Yeah, well, that's true, mate. That's true. The Cowboys hooker Anthony Mitchell, mate, he's um, trying to shop himself around, trying to get an NRL gig. Not many bites happening at the moment. I dare say he'll go to UK Super League. Just wanted to know uh, what your thoughts were on Anthony Mitchell. Do you think he's still got some more time in the NRL or... Better off going to the UK. I think it's time to tap out. He's been from Parramatta to the Roosters to North Queensland, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, he's been around the block. He's a smaller bloke. He's a little bit creative around the ruck, but defensively he struggles. He's definitely not an 80-minute player, and uh, we, we seem to have these players. We've all seen them, guys that do fairly well in reserve grade, but they just can't make that step up. Uh, I think the time's come if he wants to get paid and probably play full-time while he's still got the opportunity. The Super League's the way to go. Yep, no, that's fair enough. Oh, another player that's gone to Super League back on the Titans, and I'm sure young Brock, you'd be happy with this one. Yeah, that's finally called it a day. Mate, if he was here right now, there would be that much noise. There'd be party poppers, fireworks, clappers, and he'd probably be drinking that Italian bathwater he loves so much. But uh, the time has come for him. They're, they're talking about maybe re-signing Bailey. I think that's just insanity. Neil Henry, I think, smart enough. He brought up the other day, even though there's nothing been spoke of or nothing guaranteed as far as his contract is concerned that it's about time to start parting ways and uh, rebuild over the next year or two because they're still tied to a few players they really don't want to be. Um, I agreed, yeah. All right, last one for the night, mate. Sticky Ricky Stewart down in Canberra, an unhappy man at the moment, of course. But look, he's still chasing Hoffman and Stewart. I can't see either of them really going down to Canberra unless they're going to throw buckets of cash uh, at each player. Uh, look, mate, if you were Ricky Stewart, who would you rather, Hoffman or Stewart? Uh, I think Hoffman's got more upside as far as age is concerned, but I think they might have found... Uh, a replacement in the bloke named Rapana to avoid having to spend all that cash. My focus would be turning more towards Adam Reynolds or halves next year, even though uh, out of all the halves available, he probably wouldn't be the top of my list if everyone was off contract, but they desperately need help in the halves. Um, I'm getting the feeling, even with Milford leaving, the fact he hasn't given Cornish any starting time over him, McCrone or Campese, he kind of gives the hint that he may not trust uh, in Cornish being the long-term solution or not putting a hern in, so... That would be my bigger concern. I'd be really getting on the market for halves next year and hoping that Hodgson turns out to be a good player. Yeah, I guess that's the problem, and it's something that we've spoken about before on the podcast, that there really isn't that many halves going around, and, and, and halves that don't get a run, they're, they're impatient, and they, and they piss off to the UK Super League. So Yeah, well, look at <laughs> Sam Williams. Jacob Miller got the shits with the Benji Marshall situation and uh, took himself off. Josh Drinkwater got flushed by Steve Price after you know being one of the guns in the 20s. So you're, you're 100% right. There's a lot of high-quality halves that never really see the light of day, and you wouldn't have a clue how good they would have been because they just can it because they want to play straight away. 
Yeah, well, that's right. And, you know, you've got players that are killing you over there at the moment who won't be great in the NRL, like a, a Luke Walsh and a Travis Burns, both players who are sort of mediocre, sort of halves in the NRL, just killing it over there. But that would probably do well uh, for Canberra. But I don't know what Ricky's going to do, but he, he better get the checkbook sooner or later. It's, uh, not, we're getting close to the end of the season now. And, Everyone likes to have their rosters well and truly underway before pre-season, so you better hurry up. Yeah, well, once November ticks over, I know you said the Sharks were looking at Reynolds, but that would probably be my first point of call if I was Canberra. Um, I know he's not the most explosive or expansive half, but they're definitely lacking a good game controller, a game manager. That's something he does very well. He's not anything too exceptional out of the box, but if you could pair a decent six with him that can kind of play off the back, he'd be the ideal person to get down there for his kicking game and control and uh, yeah, if Hodgson worked out and they kept a few of these young blokes and Rapana worked out at fullback, they might be on the way to start rebuilding their problems and be able to roll a few more of these kids in. So, Yeah, but the, the, the Raiders are definitely looking far from a top eight side at the moment with the current roster. Yeah, well, Andrew Voss said it, and I probably agree. Next year, if you're asking me about a wooden spooner, they'd be pretty close to it again uh, from initial thoughts right now. So, dire situation. Yeah, they gained anyone, have they? Yeah, well, you'd, like I said, see C.S. Oliola from England. Hodgson, we've already seen Scott Moore and a couple other people come over here and fail. There's no guarantees there. Uh, it's just it's, it's just those little things. There's already question marks over the recruitment. They haven't got anyone that's a guaranteed quality that you're going to look at and say, yep, that's going to make things better. So uh, really big question marks over the future of the Canberra Raiders moving forward into 2015. Yeah, and, and just... Going shopping for wingers is beyond me. I don't know why he's doing that. Yeah, well, even the Proctor thing, I couldn't get. When you've got Fensum locked up, they gave Edwards a deal, which, you know, I'm not his biggest fan, but they signed him, Papali, Kennedy, you know, they got Mago, Pengai, all these good kids, and yet they wanted to shell 700 out for Proctor, who clearly uh, is a system player. Like, he fits in at Melbourne perfectly because of the system. You could not see him being like a $700,000 back row, like a Papali who can kind of create his own stuff for a sunny bill. He's not that kind of player. He's a really good, systematic back row who plays hard, runs his lines, chimes in that back line movement. So yeah, the recruitment in the first place was kind of ridiculous. Very, very strange. Mm. Well, that's everything as a champion. Yeah, I did, mate. All right, mate. We move into the tips. And uh, last week, you and Brocky Boy both got six. I got myself a fiver, so you're back within one of me. Um, what have I got here? I'm on 97, you're on 96, and Brock's on 90. So he's still chasing, but he's back within six now after being 11 behind. So he's on the hunt, yeah. the big boy. But we kick things off Thursday night, ANZ Stadium. It is the Bulldogs versus the Tigers. And uh, I don't think I need to go too much further into this one. They may have towed the doggies up a few weeks ago, but I have absolutely no confidence in the Tigers at this point in time. I will be tipping the Bulldogs. Yeah, I tip the Bulldogs as well, and hopefully Robbie Farris had a few cod rules and he's, he's much better and doesn't have the sniffles that can play any minutes. Yeah, 100% on that one. I had a bit of a bit of an irk earlier on about that whole situation. Brock didn't agree with me, but oh well, he's tipped the dogs as well. So so now we move on to the Friday night game between the Parramatta Eels and Manly at Pertec Stadium. Do or die for the Parramatta Eels, but I'm going to have to go Manly, even though... I feel they'll be after a bit of revenge and uh, they haven't been too bad a brand of football. I just can't go past Manly. Yeah, I got to agree with you. Shut down Jared Hayne, you've got the game. Um, Paramount are very disappointing against the Bulldogs. I don't think the Bulldogs were were all that flashy, but they just didn't seem to have it in them. And Yeah, I can't say a bit Manly, mate, that's for sure. No, nah, well, Brock agrees with both of us and, yeah, I think that's the key right there. If they can do a job on Jared Hayne, 
uh, maintain those young forwards or any kind of ad lib footy from Chris Sandow, you can pretty much shut down all their points of attack. But yeah. Saturday, Suncorp Stadium, it's the Broncos versus the Newcastle Knights. Mate, what do you, how do you see this one going? And if it was in Newcastle, it'd be tip of the night. Jeez, what a run they have in the home at the moment. But, um, yeah. yeah, the Broncos are the home. I'm going to go the Broncos, I think. Yeah, well, I almost pushed myself when I looked at the lineups, but I, I kind of went the same way. I looked at Brisbane, thought uh, mathematically, I know there's still a chance. I know it's not a great chance, but, uh, yeah, the three wins at home, I, I, I can't go away from home. I just could not trust Newcastle. And I was kind of questioning earlier, well, I know all the dramas and everything else, why it's taken so long. I know the pressure's off, but I'm just disappointed uh, to see this kind of form knocking off three big guns at the back end of the year. Brocky's gone. Yeah, well, Brocky's gone the Broncos as well, so we got three from three so far. But we move on again Saturday. ANZ Stadium, it's the South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Cowboys. A uh, bit of a short turnaround, I suppose you could say. Monday to Saturday, they've stayed in Sydney to try and recover. JT did not look like a happy boy today, but I'm going to have to go South with that long turnaround, and uh, they're just looking very, very dangerous at the moment. Um, you know, the Cowboys seem to have kind of turned their away form, but I just could not trust them staying here after a short turnaround, the disappointing loss. Yeah, it was a strange game against Penrith. I mean, the, the weather was a contributing factor as well, I think, in the result. But, yeah, if, it's the Cowboys, if the Cowboys can beat the Rabbitohs in Sydney, then bloody hell, you, you, you know, they're, they're the real deal. But I just can't see him doing it, mate. I've got to back the Rabbitohs. They're, the, they're in hot form. They're the form team in the comp. It'd be a huge, huge victory for the Cowboys if they could do it. Yeah, I've seen some signs. I've seen some glimpses of it, but uh, in particular that short turnaround and just the mood being up here uh, consecutive weeks and a red-hot south side. They're the last team I'd really want to play at this point in time. Uh, we got yeah. Sunday kicking off early. What a blockbuster this is going to be at Mount Smart Stadium. It's the Warriors versus the Roosters. Plenty of Kiwis in the Warriors side. So I mean, sorry, in obviously in the Warriors side, but also on the Roosters side plenty of friends and family. I don't think they'll be uh, so daunted by Mount Smart, but what do you reckon, mate? you reckon uh, the Warriors can keep the fight up and get one over the Roosters here, or do you think last week was an indication that we we're about to see a bit of the 2013 Roosters? Yeah, that's the Warriors seem to do. This is a bit of a habit of them losing games towards the back end of the year, and it didn't surprise me at all that they lost to the Knights. Uh, but at home, the Warriors have um, obviously got a good record there, but the Roosters with their professionalism and you know being the champs this time of year, this is this is their this is their time. Um, so I got to, I'm back to Roosters, I think, mate. Yeah. Well, I got they got hurled back this week. That almost got me earlier on, but there's a few small reshuffles. And just last week, they've done the typical thing they always do to me. Every time they roll a big side, they just seem to let you down in the games you expect them to win. Uh, whenever they push the go button, they got the job done, but they just seem to be a complete lack of intent and just errors at crucial times. So uh, even though they're at home, well, I really don't see the Roosters being as daunted. Like I said, they've got plenty of Kiwi boys there that would love going home, I'm sure, to play in front of friends and family. And a few people brought up the hooker situation. I reckon Mitchell Orbison's just too good a football player to be even worried about him playing at nine. I think he'd do a great job. So I'm sticking with the Roosters as well. But uh, Brock disagrees with us there. He's gone... The Warriors at Mount Start Stadium. So one finally different. We'll see how that one pans out for him. But Sunday again, we've got the prison, Ramondas. It's the battle for the spoon. The Buzz Rothfield wooden spoon. Him and Ricky tussling over it. But the Cronulla Sharks take on the Canberra Raiders. Canberra, a few more injury woes with White and Rapana. 
Uh, Jackie Whiten's gone back to fullback to cover for that loss of Rapana. The Sharkies, well, what do you say? Tim Robinson's playing front row for him. It's a mixed bag either way, but what do you reckon, mate? Who's getting the spoon? Mate, <laughs> I really want the Sharks to get the spoon. Um, so I don't know if that's it with my head or my heart here. Uh, Sharks at home, uh, they're the obvious choice, but... Um, Jeez. But I'm going to tip the Sharks, but yeah, I hope the Raiders can do this. Yeah, well, I'm going to go the Raiders. I looked at both teams. Uh, I looked at Bre- right. I looked at Brown and Holmes and a few bits there that I like. But yeah, when I saw Tim Robinson and just a few of the bench players, Rajika, a couple of them that got exposed last week. I know Canberra aren't much better off, but it was more the things like Croker, Milford. I, I think there's just a few more tries maybe in Canberra, even though. Uh, as we know, when you go to Ramondas, you definitely don't get an easy time of things. But, um, yeah, I've, I've just think there might be a try or two in it, and I'm going to lean towards the Raiders with absolutely zero confidence. Uh, yeah. Sunday wraps up. Win Jubilee Stadium. It's the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the Titans under coach Neil Henry. Not too bad last week in their first outing. The Dragons, as we know, broke the hoodoo finally. They've been very good under coach Paul McGregor. Uh, I think purely being at home... And still being a mathematical chance, even though it's very, very slim, I'm going to go the Dragons. Yeah, the Dragons is a real tight one. Maybe even Golden Point. Yeah, well, uh, I think Brock brought up earlier in the show when they play each other, the Titans have kind of had the rub of the green, uh, in particular in their more decent years, the minor premiership years and the premiership years when they've come up here to play in Sydney but have lost at home to them. But uh, that didn't sway him. He stuck with the Dragons as well. But we wrap things up. Monday night, the one I'm looking forward to at Sporting Bet Stadium. And just remember out there, there's no better bet than a Sporting Bet. Great sponsors of the show. We've got the Penny Panthers versus the Melbourne Storm, a game that we shall be attending. <laughs> oh. Do we even have to ask for your tipping? No, you don't. At this time of the year, uh, I can never steer myself away from Melbourne when it comes to the run home for the finals. Yeah, well, I'm going to tip the Panthers. Um... One, I only lost one game at home this year and they just keep winning mate and I don't a lot of people worried about Seguiara whether he'll play or whether he don't I don't think it really matters we've had that many injuries and the, the team keep aiming up so Panthers are in a good spot at the moment at home on a Monday night second Monday night in a row for the Panthers so uh, no problem with the turnaround there and confidence is high mate and uh, I remember last year on a Monday night game the Panthers um Another strength side, the Storm, and I'll do it again. Mate, nothing would surprise me if you told me that last year uh, when they did lose. I was absolutely filthy. I was chucking empty schooners all over the joint. But this year, that really would not surprise me. They're a quality football team. Like I said before, they're even getting a bit Melbourne-esque in the culture and that players can come in and just do a job and uh, they don't feel like they're out of the circle or not up to it. Uh, It's absolutely brilliant being from around this area. It's great to see the club flourishing. But I've gone the Storm and even Boxhead is uh, leading the way of Melbourne. So, obviously, he's feeling a bit of the finals run. bit disappointed there because if he was here and he tipped the pennies, I would have been expecting a bit of a love boat here, talking about <laughs> good old Penrith and Howie power. But, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, it was a ripper of a game earlier in the year. It might have been round two or three. I can't quite remember where Storm and Panthers had a fantastic game that went right down to the final whistle. Yeah, um, the old golden... Uh, what yeah, was it? Yeah, for the kick. Second the round. Time to to do the game but didn't do it so yeah it should be a good game yeah that was a cracker second round uh, the 40 metre kick on full time that good five minute rule where everything stops in the last five minutes made that a cracker of a game I thought Melbourne had it in the bag and the next minute 
I was on the couch with a pillow over my face waiting to hear them blow the whistle to say it was a goal, but luckily for me, he missed. I'm uh, not going to be involved here, but there's been a lot more growth from the start of the year to now, and regardless of the injuries, I reckon Monday night, as well as that Warriors-Roosters game, will be two games of the round, but we'll see how that pans out, mate. But as always, thanks for the inside word, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, champion. See you next week. See you, buddy. A big thank you, as always, goes to Mr. Gossip. And if you want to catch up with him on Twitter, his handle is at NRL Gossip. And on Facebook, just head up to the search bar, and you can also find his link on our page, at NRL Gossip. Sportingbet.com also for their sponsorship and their pick-to-score competitions. They let us run for your chance to win a free $100 bet from Sportingbet.com. Keep your eyes posted over the weekend when we post those up for your chance to win a $100 free bet from Sportingbet.com. Com. But for now, that wraps us up. So if you want to get in contact with us here at the show on Twitter, our handle is at fifth and last. That's the letter and, not the word and. The email is fifth and last podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, just head up to the search bar and type in fifth and last NRL podcast. But for now, guys, enjoy your week and enjoy rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.